You are now listening to episode three of Running for Office, the podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Zapata. And on this episode, I've got some big news for you. Let's dive in. So I'm not sure if any of y'all noticed, because I don't know if any of y'all care that much uh, at this point, but I did not have an episode last week. Um, And if you are following me on social media, you will know that I was actually on a vacation in Denver. Um, I have not been to Colorado since I was maybe six, four years old. And I remember it was a road trip. We stopped at the Four Corners. We went to Bear Lake, and that's all I can remember from that. So it was exciting to go ahead and visit Denver as, or Colorado, point blank, um, as an adult, and just experience it from like a new set of eyes. Um, And I very, very much enjoyed my adventures. And to be honest, the altitude did hit me quite hard. Um, I think I felt it the most when we were driving up to Pikes Peak, We stopped at around 8,000 feet elevation to take some pictures through some like shrubbery that was there. And as soon as we stepped out of the car, I immediately thought that I was just going to pass out like smack dab on the floor right there, y'all, because I saw white and I could not catch my breath. So I just leaned up against the car and my partner was trying to talk to me and I just kind of motioned to him like, don't don't talk to me because that requires air, which I don't have right now. It definitely got better the higher that we went up because my body adjusted to it. Um, but it was amazing and beautiful. And it really gave me time to think about what it is that I'm doing with this show and what trajectory I'm going to take for the next couple of years of my life. I'm very much like a five-year planner, which is funny because I am the least organized person that I know, like physically organized. It's all in my head and it just kind of stays there, but I'm bad about getting it out. I generally like to have five-year plans for myself. So that way I know to set short-term goals and long-term goals. And it just helps me make me feel like a more productive individual, whatever productive at this point means. Being in Colorado gave me time to be in nature and find peace and solitude and really think about what I should do. If you have not checked out episode two, I very quickly, at least I think it was quickly for y'all, it might have been a long time hearing me speak, but I very quickly went over the two positions that I am interested in running for in 2022. As a refresher, the first position was with the Texas House of Representatives, and the other position was with the United States Congress. I asked for feedback at the end of that episode, and I did get some pretty interesting feedback. Um, It varied a lot. It was all supportive. That's the good thing, is that no one said, actually, I don't think you should run because you're kind of dumb and incapable. So luckily, I did not get any of that feedback or that sort of feedback. Uh, So thank you guys for taking it easy on this newcomer. The funny thing is that most of my family are the ones that told me to stick with the Texas House of Representatives. And I understand it. Um, A lot of their points were that, you know, it's local. Um, I was born and basically raised in, in East Austin. 
Um, and I currently live in District 46, have lived in District 46. So I have seen the changes um, and I strongly identify with the Latinx population that lives there. And then on the other hand, people who either know me through this podcast because they listen or friends that I have on Facebook that are really civically engaged messaged me and they said, girl, just go for it. Just run for Congress. Because the the feedback was split 50-50, it really left me kind of on the fence about either position. So being in Colorado, I had time to really think about it and also talk to my partner about it because regardless of, of which position I run for, this is about to consume my entire life. And so we just had to know that, you know, I'm ready for the fight. We got to make sure that my partner is on board for supporting me. But after giving it much thought, I have decided to run for Congress. Ah, okay, sorry. I just geek out every time I talk about it. I have kind of mentioned it on my social media already, but I haven't given any specifics as to which position I'm going for. So you're hearing it here first. I am going to be running for Texas House District 35 against Lloyd Doggett. Now, if you're from Texas, you know who Lloyd Doggett is. You just you just know, even if you don't live within his district or you've never lived within his district, you know who he is. He has been a part of Texas government since the 80s, 90s, and has stayed. In general, he's been representing Central Texas for over two decades now. Before we jump into, you know, what's the difference between him and I, here's a little bit of background on why I feel like running for Congress is the best decision for me. So the first is that Cheryl Cole, who currently represents District 46, is amazing. And she has done so much work to advance civil rights here in Austin. And I'm a very proud supporter. I interned for the incumbent, Donna Dukes, that she was running against. And I was so proud to have her elected for District 46 because they really deserved better. And so I want to see her continue fighting the fight and making the change and paving the way for future, you know, women of color and and Austinites to be in the legislature and to have someone who is like them be represented and represent them in the Texas House of Representatives. So my running against her would be pointless because she is a fresh face. She is a change maker with a very steadfast approach. And that's just not something that I want to even take away from. And so I just purely have nothing but support and love for her. I have lived in Central Texas most of my entire life. So the area that Texas House District 35 um, is made up of, the, the multiple counties and cities that it's made up of, I've lived and grown up here. I was raised between East Austin, South Austin, and Kyle. So I've seen the changes and experienced them firsthand. I've gotten to experience the shift in demographics because just like 
other people who were original, you know, just like other Austinites who lived in East Austin and got pushed out due to gentrification and rising property taxes and just, you know, inability to afford living there while working a minimum wage job. Like that happened to my family. Like I experienced that personally. All of my family is also here in Texas 35. My roots are here. Like all of my favorite memories growing up, all of basically almost all of my memories growing up as a child and even as like a young adult and an adult that I'm blossoming into, all of my favorite restaurants are here. Like Casa Garcia, Las Fuentes. Um, I don't know if any of y'all OG Austinites remember Las Fuentes, but it was so good. They had these like shrimp nachos that were absolutely delicious. RIP. There was an also, and I don't know if it exists anymore, but there was an old fish parlor in Kyle near the railroad tracks on Center Street. And they had like catfish on Fridays. And I remember with my dad, we would go to church and then we would go there afterwards, especially during Lent. And so I just have all these memories. And and before I can forget, I also have to get a shop, give a shout out to El Roble, um, which is also in Kyle, kind of a little bit past Center Street, because they have some bomb tacos, some bomb food. I absolutely love it. And if you're from Kyle or Buda or San Marcos and you haven't been there, I urge you to go there uh, because their food is delicious. I have also grown up in San Antonio, partly too, with my tios and tias and primos and primas. Uh, we would always go visit for fiesta or Battle of the Flowers and all the parades and the different Tejano events that they had. And I just remember dancing in the square. Okay, note, I am Mexican, so I am allowed to say this, but everyone knows they, that they have that one tío that kind of like drunk solo dances by himself con un botella and he just kind of like has his hand up to his like chest and he just kind of like rocks around by himself well that's where i picked up my moves from was from fiesta um, and dancing there at the square and so i pull a really really good impression of a drunk deal y'all and so i hope that you can hear that i truly do care and understand just what growing up in Texas House District 35 is like, how I identify with the people. I did some research and it, this is very like high level research, y'all. Like I haven't taken a deep dive into it just yet, but for lack of a better phrase, I am the residents of Texas 35. The average age is around 33 with most of the constituents being between 20 and 34. And I'm currently 26. It's also about 62% and growing Hispanic population, which is like mi gente, like hello. And one person households and singles make up 51% of the population, which is also me. Single parents fall into that category, which um, my mama definitely falls into. And as for the singles, I currently can relate to that. I'm trying to make that not relatable that that's like the one thing where I'm like okay I don't want to relate to that so y'all wish me luck because I'm hoping to be engaged soon I'm hoping that I get a ring on my finger very soon but we'll see and so it was all of that 
my my memories, my childhood, me being able to identify with the average constituent of the area that has led me to choosing to run for Congress because I feel that it is time for a change. A little bit about Lloyd Doggett is that he's Democratic. He's held the position for over two decades. He's very progressive and he has voted almost identically to the way that I would have voted had I been in Congress, you know, as long as he has. I have and I will always be a huge supporter and have that big Texas love for him. There's really no easy way to put this, but his time is up. He has held the seat for majority of my life. I What, 75% of my life? And I understand that having that amount of experience brings along wisdom and insight that a newcomer like me may not understand. But it also, at the same time, stunts the growth of youth that he is currently advocating for. I think it's time that we allow someone that's fired up and energized and enthusiastic to take the baton and run with it. I know that that's what I want to do. When my time is up, my time is up. I want to pave the way, not so that way I can hold on to the power for forever, but so that way I can work my ass off to uplift you and to provide you avenues for growth and success and then let you take the baton and run with it even further than I would have. Now, I'm not about mudslinging or playing dirty in politics. Like, that's just, that's not my thing. I'm also, my sister and I were talking about this the other day, but I am not witty. So when it comes to having good comebacks or being able to just talk badly about someone, I'm not witty enough to do that. So like, you're never gonna get that from me. I believe that he represents, that Lloyd Doggett represents and advocates for all of the things that he should, right? So like advancing civil liberties, standing up for BLM, advocating for police reform, working a lot to make sure that like tax loopholes and like big businesses are held accountable, climate change. I I think he had signed on like to the Green New Deal. So he does all of the things that he's supposed to do. But I think he's just a little out of touch or he has grown out of touch with what it truly means to be a constituent of this district. His net worth is around 13 million. At least that's what I found. Um, And that was from 2015. And it has to have grown since. The median household income in Texas 35 is between 53 and 54,000. Y'all, I earn less than that. Like, I don't know about you, but like that, if I earned 54,000, like that would be nice. That would be a, a good chunk of change. And on top of that, I grew up in a single parent household that earned less than I do. And so I know the plight of all of the single parents who've had to move and the families, period, that have had to move out of Austin and that have had to move into Kyle and Buda or San Marcos or somewhere on the outskirts of San Antonio. Like, I get it because that's that's happening to me. You know, I'm house hunting. That's happened to my family, to my cousins, to my mom. 
And so I identify so strongly with you. There was an article in The Statesman that went over the highest earning or, or most wealthy congressman. And Lloyd Doggett has been on that list for a while now. In this article that I found, it says uh, that Doggett has profitable investments in the state's oil and gas industry that grew during his time on the state Supreme Court. His biggest investments are in Vanguard funds. He also owns at least $500,000 of stock in Austin-based Whole Foods and three rental properties near the state capitol. Y'all, she... I wish I could do all of that. I wish that I had that much money um, just to even pay off my student loans. Like, hell, I don't even want to be filthy rich. I just want enough to, to pay off my student loans and just be able to afford living the life that I work for. I just feel like if the median age of someone living in, in TX35 is 33 and they are Hispanic and they earn between fifty-three dollars to $54,000 a year. Like, how the hell do you know what they're going through or, or what they're experiencing? As someone who is also broke and is also just trying to survive in this COVID-19 racist-filled world, I understand you. And I hope that my passion and my heart stands out and... I really do think that that's what makes me different. Not only that, but I believe that I'm a new breed of politician. And like, not in a scary way. Well, actually, like all politicians are kind of scary. But I think that's just because we're all a little psycho if we're subjecting ourselves to criticism at a very large scale. I am energized and I am ready to fight tooth and nail because in all honesty... Like, I have nothing left to lose, y'all. Like, really? Like, wh what? what is going to happen to me? Like, I can't get anything besides an entry-level job, even though I do have bachelor degree and have three years of experience under my belt and I've been promoted and been promoted. Like, I can only get a basic entry-level job that I'm probably overqualified for, but I won't even get an interview for it. Or I qualify for some like unpaid internship. So I really like I have nothing left to lose y'all. I don't have much so I ain't risking much. Civil rights are being violated every day, every minute, every hour. People like me are discriminated against both directly and indirectly, intentionally and unintentionally. And we face a world every day that was built to keep people like me in poverty and left without a voice. I am here to shake things up and to lead with compassion and empathy and heart. I have always said that I have the biggest heart of anyone that I know. And that at first sounds very conceited or arrogant, but it's something that I have put in hours and hours of therapy into realizing about myself. And in, I said it in my second episode and I probably said it in my first, but my life would be so much easier if I just did not care as much as I do. But caring is just a, an innate part of who I am. And I grew up with a mom who taught me to 
live fearlessly. And that doesn't mean always being headstrong or being quote unquote bitchy or ready to fight. That also means just being true to who I am and being open and transparent and holding myself accountable to promises that I make and to people that I make these promises to. I have already come up with a few ideas that I will be talking about in a little more detail on future episodes because I'm extraordinarily passionate about education, both primary and higher. My mom was a kinder teacher for over 25 years. So trust me, I was raised in a school, like literally spent hours upon hours and hours with her in her classroom, setting it up, making copies, grading things, et cetera, et cetera. I'm also very passionate about protecting students and the working class. I have some ideas related to COVID-19 grants uh, for essential workers, not just emergency workers, and student loan forgiveness. I also have a few ideas about bringing back and keeping the entertainment, arts, and tourism part of Central Texas very much alive and thriving in our communities. Um, A lot of my friends who are creatives have been pushed to the outskirts of what is, you know, like Central Austin or even East Austin, and they're in Lockhart or San Marcos or, and I know this isn't part of TX35, or like Bolverde or Bernie or Kyle or Buda because they can't afford the cost of living here, but they're still creatives who have small businesses that need to thrive in order for them to survive and they produce beautiful work whether it's film or art or dance they have something to provide i've also noticed that a lot of people visiting central texas will hop from austin to maybe new braunfels to oktoberfest or green then to san antonio or they just jump up directly to Dallas or Houston. However, Kyle and Buda and San Marcos have grown so much. And there are so many awesome, just small local businesses, mom and pop shops, restaurants, and things to do that are growing out there. And so it's this flourishing area that I love and that my family lives in. And I just see all of the beauty and all of the potential that it has. And so I know that we have the potential to do some great things along that I-35 corridor from Buda to San Antonio. Now, as we're coming to the end, in case you're not sold on supporting me or, or even being slightly interested in the rest of my journey, Before you leave or tap out or press pause or stop, the one thing that I want to leave you with is that I am not a cookie cutter politician. You have probably already figured that out by now. I live life with my heart and compassion taking the wheel and my words and my thought process follow suit. And I hope that I have conveyed the amount of love I have for House District 35 because there would be no Claudia without everything that makes this district great. I'm a Mexican-American woman who grew up in East Austin across from Ortega Elementary on Garland, 
off of Slaughter before Manchaka and in Kyle before it even had its first golden chick. I am you. I am a regular constituent. And I hope that you allow me to be a fresh voice and re-energize Texas 35. We deserve it. You deserve it. I know that I may be sitting up here and I may sound, well, I don't know, this I just might be tooting my own horn, but you might just be thinking, oh my God, she's awesome. Like, she's amazing. Like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, wow, she's so strong. Y'all, I am terrified. I am terrified of everything. The anxiety runs high in me. I sit here talking to you and telling you my plans, but I am so fearful. I was talking to my sister the other day. Y'all are going to hear me say that a lot because she's like my best friend. But I am terrified of the amount of criticism that I may face. It comes with the job. That's just the way it is. And I've been bullied by my friends and family in a very loving way. It's a very tough love sort of situation I'm in. So I, I can handle quite a bit. But I'm just nervous that I may be talked about negatively due to the way I speak or due to the way that I carry myself or my quote unquote chill nature, because it's not typical for politics. I have talked to people who are currently running for office here in Texas, and I've gotten the advice that I need to follow the process and use the same tactics that most every politician has used. And I mean, there's no other way to put it besides being fake, really, and creating this cookie cutter, perfect sliced image of a person and giving that to people and putting that out there for people to have them think that you're this really strong, amazing person who does no wrong and is always on their A game and is the perfect role model. In all honesty, I just feel like that's a whole bunch of bullshit. And I am just so sick and tired of that. I know that I'm going to get criticized for cursing, for not being super eloquent or super sophisticated or not having a very high vocabulary. You'll notice that the way that I speak is just very informal, but that's just the way that my brain thinks. It doesn't mean that my ideas are dumb or any less worthy of being heard because I know that I can turn it into policy. That That is a fact. And if you are interested in politics and you feel that you may not be smart enough or you may not know enough about a certain subject, you will learn that. It, it is a learning game. Politics isn't just for the people who are super educated or already have ties. It's most definitely not. And don't let anyone tell you or make you feel otherwise. It's for anyone with a heart and compassion for others. You can be taught and learn the rest along the way. After sitting down with people who are supposed to be experts because of their years of experience, I have learned that they don't actually do the work. What they do is they get us worker bees or us unpaid interns to do all of the little background work. And then they go up and provide a high overview of it and take the credit. I know exactly what that feels like. 
I don't want you to think that the idea of me not having over decades of experience or even like five years of experience in the workforce somehow makes me any less worthy or makes me inept of running for this position. And this is where you come in. I am needing a very enthused and passionate group of folks to help me on this journey because I cannot do this alone. Really y'all, it takes a village, a community, it takes a nation to get this shit done. And I need you. No previous experience in politics is necessary and whatever your talent is, whatever it may be, whether you're a creative, a business owner, an influencer, a data analyst, anything, please fill out the form posted on any of my social media accounts. So that is at what are you running for on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, there will be a form at the link in my bio. And on Facebook, it will be the pinned post on my page. You can find it on Twitter at running for pod. It will be the pinned post at the top of my Twitter page and at the link in the bio. I am needing strategists, public relations professionals, communications professionals, digital strategists, creatives, policy advisors. I am needing it all. And I want to create a coalition and build a coalition to represent TX35 that looks like TX35. With all that being said, The only thing that I have left to say is, I'm coming for you, Lloyd Doggett.